Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 Lockdown Podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. Lee. You disappeared for a second. Lee did. Lee did. Did I? Why? Ah, you're back. (laughs) (laughs) The joys of Skype. Oh, it's great, (laughs) isn't it? How are we all finding confinement this week? It's, uh, so far, it's okay. I did have to find that I had to put a routine in place before I went completely mad, which included colouring in that that car, which took forever. That it was spectacular, though. That that was I a labour of love, was that one? Well, I, I realised when I was looking at the size of it because I put it in Microsoft Paint, and Microsoft Paint tells you how big the image is by pixels, and it's the the actual image was was like two point uh, two five seven four by one zero seven eight or something like that. And I was like, wait a second, like that's two and a half million pixels, and I'm doing more than half of that. It, by, by, <laughs> the car takes up more than half of the image, and, and I'm colouring it in pixel by pixel. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a work of art. It, it's, it's our Twitter cover picture, and it'll be the cover picture for, uh, for this week's show on the website as well. Oh, ace, nice. thank you. That's, it uh, it is like, genuinely cool as fuck. Genuinely cool. As well. I was, I, I was, I was quite surprised when I looked at it how how good it was. It took, as you can imagine, it took a long time, and it's not one of those things where you know people might say, "Well, it's just a white drawing. Why didn't you use the fill thing?" It's just like, well, yeah, you can to a certain extent, but the whole image was many different shades of white. So like, yeah. you use the fill, and it just doesn't fill in everything. So you still got to go through with the pencil, pixel by pixel, and just fill in all the gaps. So it took. I reckon it took over the four. Four days, I think it was. I think it, I, I took about 19 hours doing it. Bloody hell, that, that, is, keep, um, that is keeping you busy. And also, doing uh, it with the fill thing, I think I think would be cheating. You can't use the fill, surely. Well, no, you, you couldn't do it for the whole car anyway. But, I mean, if, if you could, it would, have been, it would have been a lot quicker. Also, it didn't help with the fact that um, Scarbs had very meticulously drawn every single Mercedes um, logo on the back of the car, you know, a little three-point star, uh-huh. uh, which, which I then had to color in. If you zoom in on, the, on those, you will see I had to color in each one individually. Um, well, that spot took a lot of time. I mean, if there were no stars, we decided to get rid of them for whatever reason. That probably wouldn't have taken so long. I'm enjoying Scarbs' ridiculously uh, accurate colouring book. <laughs> <laughs> it's his technical drawings. I mean, he's he's the man's a genius. He's done like a he's done a MotoGP bike. I'm not sure which one. A uh, whole raft of of WRC cars from like the last couple of years. Uh, IndyCar, an old Brabham, you know, a Toro Rosso. He's, he's yeah, he's really on it. See, this sounds like fun. I have not had an opportunity to look at this. Th- this is, this is the problem with. Those of us that are still having to work. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like I'm missing out on this. It I mean, all right, cool. your, your, Sean's job is a lot more important than mine, but we we still have to work, even though I'm stuck. I'm stuck at home all day, which I'm now going to have my back to the PlayStation. <laughs> 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 it's uh, yeah, it's it's not not as easy to drive when you're facing away from the TV. No, there is that, yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to have the time. Maybe one of these legendary mythical weekend things. No, no. oh God, what's it called? Sporth? Sport? Sport, sport. That, that, sport. I, I, I remember sport. sport. That, yeah. that's, that thing that we used to watch nothing but on the weekend. And now it's all gone. Your lives are completely empty. Well, I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Like sports, what you what people use to like make themselves forget about normal life, 
but now normal life is fucking much worse and there's no sport to help get rid of that yeah yeah i think our go-to has become the crime and investigation channel which is is not cheery no it isn't (laughs) no my my ex used to watch a lot of that yes that's why i was scared when we (laughs) but i mean uh, tiger king recommendation of the year on netflix so far absolutely joe exotic i mean what more can be said you don't need to say anymore. I was just—I was talking to my American friend um, last night about this whole this whole situation. Um, I'll get onto that conversation in a bit, but um, I was just saying you actually couldn't write the no. the tiger the Tiger King if you wrote it and presented it to somebody as a TV show. They'd be like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, a bit, <laughs> like, bit, bit, bit too much going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and how. I mean, I don't want to put any spoilers out there if nobody's seen it yet, because we're trying to recommend it for people to, you know, have something to do. It's unbelievable the amount of uh, how quickly it gets. It goes from silly to quite serious to super dark to oh my god, yeah. can this get much worse? <laughs> well, I mean, one thing that got me with it, and I don't think this is a spoiler. But when he turned around and he said that he uh, like he only liked to date straight men, are you like fucking look at the state of you? How do you even pull gay men? <laughs> you know, like you are gay. How do you how how do you manage to turn people? Like I don't I don't understand. Because he's the Tiger King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Very- very strange, like the whole thing. I love the fact that through the, through the series as well, everyone's teeth were slowly decaying because they were all on meth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, when they had archive footage of one of the husbands, yeah, yeah, yes, he he came out of it not so good. No, no, there was that, even, and also even the, the cameraman. <laughs> Did anyone else notice as well that, like, the uh, obviously Joe Exotic has um, questionable hair, and other people around the zoo had um, questionable hair, but the man with all of the money had the worst hair. Mm. I, I was just wondering why everybody in it looked like a third grade local wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking good call. Hey. <laughs> It's not the, GW Zoo, is it? It's GW <laughs> Wrestling Promotions. <laughs> this is all a massive setup for uh, for a national Any, wrestling championship. Any one of those could have been found in like a church hall in front of like maybe three people watching. <laughs> no, but this is the thing, Lee. I've solved it. It's not this TV show is not real. It's just a huge setup for the new a new national wrestling um, company. That's what it is. I'm you, it. You, you're going to see <laughs> Jeff Lowe versus Joe Exotic as a main event in your church hall in the middle of Nowheresville. <laughs> all those, as, as all those three name, people like, will Joe be looking Exotic for it. Ace. <laughs> <laughs> it was only about four episodes in and um, remembered that we'd seen John Oliver do something about him on last week tonight. Like, oh, shit, yes, that one. Yeah, I remember Louis Theroux went to, went to the zoo like years ago. Like I'm probably about... 10 years ago, if not more. Oh, well, the Louis um, Theroux just turned up on BBC iPlayer. That might has. be worth a look at. Yeah, yeah. Have a look, see if, if you can find uh, um, the, the one where he went to. Because I remember as soon as he popped up on TV, Tiger King, I was like, oh, Louis Theroux did a thing with him like ages ago. 
And um, yeah, I, I can remember Louis through interviewing him and, you know, doing... It, it was crazy back then, but I mean, it's, just, it's gotten worse and worse, obviously. <laughs> so. <laughs> we are going off into very Patreon ends of things here, but well, yeah. But the thing is, it's the way of the world, isn't it? I mean, I, I yeah, suppose and I was talking about same thing. Yeah. yeah. While we're on the subject of Patreon, I just want to, um, I just want to say thank you to um, all the new patrons that have actually signed up in the last few weeks. Even though we're talking about fuck all. Even though we've got no Formula One to talk about, there's been about eighteen people signed up to Patreon in the last um, in the last sort of two three weeks. Wow, thanks, um, well, guys. That, that is amazing. Just thank you, really thank well you so much. Um, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and shoehorn some F1 into this show at some point. Oh, I think we'll probably have quite a conversation about Helmet Marco at some point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think now's as good a time as any while we're all in the same place at the same time. Yeah, do it. Go I, on. I'm thinking now we, now we refer to him as Helmut Himmler. <laughs> It's a more appropriate name given his <laughs> given his words. <laughs> for the, for those that don't know, it came it came out today Monday that Helmut Marko wanted to set up a COVID camp for the drivers and the Red Bull Young Driver program, of which he said there were eight or ten, which is a weird <laughs> thing. Not eight or nine, not nine or ten, not eight to ten, eight or ten. Well, I suppose it depends on what time it is. If he, if another one's been fired, or they've rehired Dan Tictum again, or something. <laughs> but yeah you you know what you you absolutely know that straight after uh, the Hunger Games there was a conversation had but the board voted against it (laughs) I mean right let's let's just be honest here okay if you didn't know who Helmut Marko was and you turned up with your friends to watch Formula One and this race was particularly wet and um, you were lucky enough to have a pit lane pass for you know the, the, the practice sessions and because it's raining Helmut Marko's wearing a long trench coat and Helmut Marko steps out of the Red Bull garage and you have no idea who he is you're going to assume the worst let's be honest <laughs> just look at the map <laughs> So, Preferably not at the Austrian or German Grand Prix. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so basically, what he wanted to do was get the get the entire pod of Red Bull drivers. Is that is that the collective yeah, noun for? Yeah, it? seems good. Why not? Yeah, and but I believe they're referred to as a murder. <laughs> <laughs> they are now. <laughs> That reminds me, I must get hold of Red Bull and see if anyone's available for an interview. <laughs> but over Skype, if they've all got germs. Yeah, yes. I want to go more than two metres away on this mm-hmm. one. Live from Helmut Marko's COVID camp. <laughs> so, yes, he decided it would be a great idea to get all the drivers and put them in a training camp together. And if they got COVID-19, well, they'd be able to handle it. They were young, strong guys. They'd recover and they'd come back stronger. And wouldn't so have I, I to worry only, about it again. I can only assume that Helmut Marker wouldn't be there then. Well, uh, yeah, blo- I imagine he's sending his um, scientists, I assume. So Hel- Helmut Marko has already uh, said that he had coronavirus in January. Oh, did he's he already now? said right. he, he's had it. Yeah. That's why he knows it's a good idea to give it to all the kids. Right. Has he actually had it or did he have the sniffles and got swept up in the hype? He said he's had it. 
<laughs> did science happen to confirm that, or did he nope. just decide? Fair just, enough. Just, just, just need science, does he? No. he had it. No, the, the quote is: He believes he may have already had oh it. Oh my god! Although he he's not been tested. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. He had no a official cold. test equals no corona. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, no, he, he was just late for the first testing session, but he was going to make it up for the next one. What's his name? Hashtag. Williams. <laughs> oh, hashtag his corona. <laughs> so, do we think that Dietrich Mateschitz may be considering know, bringing somebody else in just to help him if he's starting to lose it a little bit? No, absolutely not. I think he thinks this is the finest he's ever been working. <laughs> but, but how how could he how could he possibly stand down after he came up with such a great idea? He'll be thinking. I was thinking of getting rid of that helmet, Marco, but he's just saved his career. <laughs> Says Grosjean's manager. <laughs> I was going to say, we are talking about the right batshit energy drink here, aren't we? Also, when you talk about when you talk about that helmet, Marco, it does sound like an insult in Australian. Mm. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, it's fucking crazy, isn't it? Just yeah. like insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's not the it's, it's intentions were probably good. But I mean, you could say that about some other people. Um, but it, it, Austrians, yeah. are we thinking yeah. about the same Austrian that his intentions were good, but execution was very poor? No, I don't think his intentions in particular were good. I'm just oh, saying you could probably oh, say that about yeah. about some other people. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, come on, like you, you've seen Hercules in New York, the Austrian star in that. His intention was to make his first film and look what happened. <laughs> I mean, Gerhard Berger is an Austrian with good intentions. <laughs> but, but, why but do yeah. I think an Austrian, an Austrian with good intentions, sounds like a romantic romantic novel? <laughs> Maybe you could write it during the lockdown. I could do. I've got enough time. I've got enough time. <laughs> I uh, I even bought I even bought some plectrums the other day to start learning how to play guitar again. Nice. <laughs> Have you got any guitar- it- Have you got any guitars left? I, I know you've given at least two away because one sat in my hall. <laughs> no, I've always um, I've had an uh, I've had an acoustic. Always had an acoustic in the house. Oh, the um, total shunt guitar. Yeah, yeah. If 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 for no other reason that I can play that a thousand bulbs by uh, what are they called? Uh, Forte Ombre, and it makes me look like I can play guitar. Where <laughs> I, I, I've, I've no idea what to do. I've just because I'm a drummer, got good sense of rhythm, and I know where to put my fingers. What chords they are? Fuck knows. <laughs> Don't give the secrets out. <laughs> yeah, but drummers playing guitars. Uh, Dave Grohl always said he treats the his guitar like a drum kit, as in like the bottom strings, like the thick strings are the the like the kick drums, and uh, the middle strings are like the uh, like the snares, and then the top strings are like the cymbals. Nice that, way to think about it. Yeah. Then you get John Gom who treats his guitar as a drum kit. Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, let me just change that note by tuning my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Red Bull. Um, they are taking they are taking the award for this season's most batshit energy drink. So Trying far, to. it's early. It's early days. 
Other people could come good. You never know. I want to see what Monster have got to answer this one. <laughs> I'm surprised that Monster aren't getting more heavily involved with Mercedes, you know, with them being like world champions and... They've they've still only got that tiny little sponsorship um, with 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 Mercedes. I don't even know if they've even got it this year, to be perfectly honest. But um, my... yeah, well, yeah, they have because um, I I think the sponsorship's actually with Lewis. Right. Okay. Yeah, because Bottas always really makes a point of having an espresso, doesn't he? Like almost yeah. almost a bit like fuck you, monsterish. Uh, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. But the um, but I'm surprised they don't make more of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, okay, fine. Like he's um, he's got his own drink, the Lewis Hamilton uh, Red Monster, which is is disgusting. Awful. It's nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good. I, I thought I'd try it. I don't know if I told you guys. I thought I'd try it again one day when I saw it in the shop. I thought, oh, I'll give it another go, and it was instant regret. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the uh, yeah the. Um, like Monster Energy is huge in, in in a lot of other things, especially in motorsport. You know, I mean, they've got their own, or they had their own MotoGP team, um, essentially title sponsor MotoGP team. And you, you know, yeah, it's more to do with with motorcycles. The the Isle of Man TT is a Monster Energy Isle of Man TT. It it surprises me that um, you know, even with rallying and all the stuff they do with um, with Ken Block and stuff like that, that they don't want a bigger presence in Formula One. Um, they, they they're quite happy to just have a little M on Lewis Hamilton's collar, and that'll do. I think it's when when they're going up against Red Bull, which have got four cars. Yeah, they got four cars and um, four world championships. But then look at what Mercedes have done over the last few years. Why not yeah, try yeah, and capi- yeah. why not try and capitalize on that just a little bit? Yeah, it it would um, it w- it would make sense, but I mean, maybe F one just isn't extreme enough for them. I suppose when they come over here, they bring all like the stunt shows and all that bollocks with them. I wonder if that's just not worth it for F one, or they just don't have enough trucks with ramps built all over them to ship it to every F one. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, it's just you know a, a bigger sponsorship of the Mercedes team. You know, I, I kind of half expected them when you know when they said that Patronus were going to back off a little bit. I kind of half expected them to become the monster Mercedes AMG um, F1 team. Uh, you, we might we might see it in the future when Mercedes cut um, or Daimler pull out of F1 and it becomes Wolf Mercedes Racing. Wolf yeah, Monster maybe. Racing. That is an amazing <laughs> name. Monster Wolf. Monster surely. Wolf. Yeah, why yeah, not? It's got to be Monster Wolf. <laughs> Imagine Toto when he's just like energy drinked off his tits. No desk would be safe. <laughs> yeah, no. They are definitely going to get their fists going through. <laughs> um. So what? What else has happened? Lando Norris is shaving his head. Yes, he is apparently um, because he's raised some money using eye racing for the coronavirus effort. Um, yeah, he was taking part in <clears throat> something called StreamAid on Twitch yesterday, not being somebody who has logged into Twitch more than twice in his entire life. I'm not entirely sure what it was all about, but um, his goal was to raise £10,000 £10, from his followers, which he managed to do because he said that if he did, um, he'd get the clippers out and he would officially become Baldo Norris. And apparently he just made it in time with an anonymous donation of um, £700. Rumour has it on the internet 
that that came from a Spanish IP address. <laughs> Carlos Sainz. Quite possibly. Yeah. Well, Some, somebody, never, who, somebody who far and away wants the best hair on the team. He's never going to beat Carlos, is he, in the hair game? Let's be honest. It is a no, strong No disrespect to Lando. Hair. Yeah. But Carlos is possibly the king of hair game. So Not many people can beat him, really. Not, no. not in the Formula One grid. No, there no, is I'm, that. No, but... I'm, strugg- I'm struggling. I'm struggling here. And in, in, in drivers that could beat science. Yeah. I don't think there's I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any. He has got the best hair on the grid. We need to see what George Russell's hair game is like if he if he grows it any more than sort of, you know, helmet length. <laughs> but <laughs> going back to the helmet jokes again, oh dear. <laughs> I don't even have to do anything anymore. I'll just sit there and they all happen. <laughs> That's what Helmet said. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Lando raised ten thousand pounds on um, on Twitch last night while whilst he was taking part in I think just about every globally streamed iRace going. Anyone getting confused by the number of um, virtual races that are going on these days and who's running what and who's in what? And yes, because they've all got similar names as well. There's like not the this and the official this and the this Grand Prix and the... Uh, yeah. I've lost track because of which ones I care about. Before uh, people tried to pretend it was an actual sport, which it's clearly not, it was just called multiplayer gaming and nobody cared. That's why. <laughs> That's the the voice of a gamer who's not good at it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've never been into multiplayer games anyway, really. Not even like shooters or anything like that. But I like to to me, I don't consider snooker a sport, for instance. I think there has to be a genuine physical exertion for something to be considered a sport. And, uh, I, I, I don't like, know. I don't know. You, you, you try. You try putting a dinner suit on. That is physical exertion. Trying to get into one of those things. Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> but the. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like. I can't. I the, the I, I don't even mind the idea of like competitive gaming. That's fine. But to try and pass it off as a sport, I'm not. Not fucking sure. I mean, at the, at the moment, it's all we've got. So NASCAR are running their own series. IndyCar, have, um, IndyCar have just started with a better take up than Formula One had. From, so uh, you've got. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll wait. Actual motor racing. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, not the full Formula One grid taking part in, in you know, something that's essentially w- what we've been doing for the last few years on, you know, PlayStations, Xboxes, etc. We all know what happens and we see it. We definitely saw it in the official Formula One race that we spoke about last week. But you go into turn one, someone cuts the corner and gets a massive penalty and everyone else just crashes. <laughs> It's exa- like it's it's what happens in every online Formula One race. I can remember playing the 20, 2013 Formula Formula One game. That must have been, I think, PS3, and there's the same thing was happening then. People would just run into you. Someone would glitch and suddenly appear in front of you, and you'd run into them and get a penalty. It's just it's 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 an absolute shit show most of the time. <laughs> I think what what annoys me more is. Um, I think I don't know why I'm not I'm not sure why I think maybe um maybe it was to make it um like elitist so it became like so so like online games like R Factor and stuff like that became these sort of niche things that people had to invest their lives in to be good at them um 
I'm of, if you take things like a fucking IndyCar and a Formula One out, car out of it, for instance, like I think it's like Mazda MX-5s, isn't it? Is the big um, like rookie car for iRacing. Everyone seems to go go in Mazdas when they start dipping their toe in it. I can absolutely guarantee I could drive a Mazda around a racetrack faster than I could do it in iRacing. And I don't if if you're if it's actually going to be like a sim thing. I, I rem- don't think the I, game should be harder than the fucking real thing. I remember that very Top Gear episode where Clarkson said he could um, he could do it. <laughs> he tried, and I'm pretty sure it was an MX-5 as well that he was driving no, around the no, skyline. This on skyline, I think. I thought it was a Toyota. I thought it was a Toyota, one of the N N something or other. Maybe is that where he snaps his neck? Can't remember him snapping his neck, but he goes around Laguna Seca a lot slower yeah. than he did in Gran Turismo. Yes. Oh yeah, but Gran Turismo is an actual video game. That's not a sim. This is That's like back. No, this is game. this is like two thousand and three, two thousand and four-ish, though, isn't it? This is like back. Yeah, in the day. yeah. So, so yeah, but I mean that's that's that is just like a proper video game. You know, it's 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 there for fun. There's no like sim element. Even now in Gran Turismo, there's no real. Ooh. There's no sim. Ooh, they they it. they've always called it the real racing sim. Well, they're liars. Um, <laughs> but like, I can fucking drive a car, and the like the the way in like. In like, esports and stuff like that, or either I've, I was what I've done so far since the lockdown's been on. I've had another crack at i racing. I've had another crack at um, uh, R Factor and or set uh, Corsa. A set of Corsa to me was the most fun to do. That it's was a simulator by far. Yeah, definitely yeah, a simulator. Yeah. I but like even like the. Um, like using the wheel and the pedals and everything, that felt more fun, like driving those cars. I felt like I was driving something, whereas on the other things, it was. I felt like it was a guessing game when the back end was going to snap on me. Um, and I don't, like, I, I don't know what situation it driving at the speeds I was driving in that game. Like what it, I don't know what situation a real car would lose, like, traction. Do you know what I mean? It seems you don't you don't seem to. I can understand it in a real car when you're fucking on the ragged edge, trying to like trying to go fast. But like some of these sim racing games, it's just difficult driving around the circuit, and that's not what driving's like. Um, it's hard to say unless you've driven a race car. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends on the car, though, doesn't it? As a as a non-driver, I kind of struggle anyway. Mm, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I just I think it seems it seems I I don't know. It's weird. I don't quite I don't get it. I think that's the thing, and I probably it's probably just because I know I I did the iRacing racing thing just because I had I've got uh, I you know it was cheap, but even even now even under lockdown I have a child to look after so. The I know I'm never going to have the time to invest in it to be actually become good at it, but it that that's the the thing for me is it seems it's it's a different skill and I think when people try and compare it to actual driving, I think that's where it falls short. I mean, I've I have I have limited driving experience and I've never actually driven a car with a cat sat on my head, but I have 
a little bit of sim racing experience <laughs> with a cat sat on my head. So I, I can imagine that's one way where it's different. I have been through driving my cat in the car. It was fine. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, I. It was Ruben. It was years ago. <laughs> see, I, I would be worried. You see, if when I tried to get out, the cat would run off and then not come back into the car. So, yeah, cats are strange. Unless, of course, you had them in a box, in which case that's fine. Oh no, no, Ruben. He was sat on the. He was sat in the passenger seat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but he was. He was really. He was a really chilled out cat, and you know, you could pick him up, put him down, and he'd still be there, sort of five minutes later. Yeah. yeah, well, he was he was more of a person than a cat. Yeah, I'd go, yeah, I'd go along with that. So certain certain cats have that quality. Yes. Whereas Dizzy, in our case, is like a person, but it's like a micromanager. She now sits on my computer during the day and shouts at me while I'm working. Yeah. Yeah, she's like <laughs> half boss, half toddler. So like a boss. <laughs> 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 if anyone from work's listening to this, I probably don't work with you anymore by the time you finish hearing it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I might edit that bit. No, well, I'll help. <laughs> so, any other any other racing-related things that we've got to talk about before this descends into uh, the usual regular it, anarchy? Yeah, it's not really a Formula One thing, but it's definitely a racing thing. Um, I, I spotted them, um, I think it was Autosport, saying that um, the uh, 25th anniversary of, of Colin McRae um, winning his, um, world, his one and only World Rally Championship, they were hoping to do something uh, early in 2020 as a... Um, as like a commemoration for, uh, like a celebration rather for uh, for the for the twenty fifth anniversary. And Max McRae, who is Alistair McRae's son, so Colin's nephew, uh, is going to come and 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 drive um, drive around Knock Hill Circuit, which is interesting, not because Max McRae is a rally driver, but because he's won various karting championships uh, in Australia, which is where he lives now, and. Um, He's moving into single-seater racing, which is something we always wanted to see Colin doing. And can you remember when BBC put Colin McRae in a Jordan? Oh, vaguely, yeah. And yeah, he was only... I remember it happening. And his... his He was in Martin Brundle's Jordan, and he his fastest lap in his one day in the Jordan was only a tenth of a second slower than Martin Brundle's fastest ever lap in that car around Silverstone. He could have been good. That's correct. He could have. He could have. Um, he could have been up there. Yeah. Well, it. It's. Yeah, it's one of the great things for me. Like, like I always wanted to see Valentino Rossi um, in an actual race Formula One car. It's probably past that now. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, Colin McRae was the first sort of crossover I can remember thinking, "Wow, Colin McRae could actually drive a." A Formula One car, and it's probably on YouTube somewhere. But I remember, I can remember um, Colin McRae and Martin Brundle sat down talking after they each had to go in each other's cars, and um, Martin Brundle saying how different rallying was, but it took him a little while to get used to it. And Colin McRae saying, "Well, Formula One's actually quite, quite similar, similar from what I've driven there because you know it, it very, very small movements with the car. You've got to be very precise with the steering wheel. It, it translates." It translates from rallying into into Formula One, but not necessarily the other way around. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had a coughing fit while I was taking a <laughs> taking a swig of coke, and it's gone everywhere. 
<laughs> oh dear. Do you think? Uh, do you think with the Valentino Rossi thing? Like, it might be a slightly unpopular opinion. This, but do you think if he'd been quick enough? When you look at the amount of times, like back in the sort of it was like late nineties, wasn't it? He was getting loads of goes in Ferraris. Um, I can't help thinking that if if he'd have been quick enough to be like competitive, competitive, that he would have been in a car. Did he not Who, do Rossi? He did a pre-season test, though, and was kind of 6th, 7th. He was ahead of, like, Weber. This was mid-noughties, I think. I think sort of 3-4-ish. He was ahead of, like, Weber. He was ahead of, like, people you've heard of. Yeah, there was there oh, rumours yeah. rumors that he got offered a contract yeah. um, and um, didn't... Uh, never never followed up on it. Uh, he was apparently offered a contract. I can't remember what year it was, um, but he was still winning in MotoGP, so he, there, was absolutely, there was no reason for him to to leave i think that was it i think he said he did think about it and then decided nah bikes yeah i'm uh i'm just looking apparently his um his reasoning why was ferrari wanted to put him into another team to learn the ropes and he wanted to jump straight into ferrari got you right okay uh, but maybe in an alternative universe he's like a six-time world champion in both disciplines <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mark Marquez is another one, isn't it? He did he him and Danny Pedrosa did something with Toro Rosso yeah. a couple of years ago and by all accounts Marquez was off the charts. Yeah, Jorge Lorenzo as well. That was a monster energy thing, thinking about it, what mm. we talked about yes, before. Yes, it would have been. Jorge, Jorge Lorenzo did, did Mercedes, and um, I can remember, uh, I think it was Bono saying that you know, his, his outlap was a bit tentative. We were a little bit worried because he was so so tentative on his outlap. But then as soon as he got his outlap under the way and he felt you know confident with the car, he was not far off the pace. Wow. But uh, Marquez is young enough. It's funny, isn't it? You don't really like back with Rossi. There was always the will he won't he talk, but the, there doesn't seem to be that sort of talk anymore, does there? With uh, MotoGP riders. Well, I think no. Um, I mean, I think recently it's been Marquez that's been um, sort of dominating everything, mm -hmm. and Honda mm -hmm. own him, and Honda don't own F1. That's Where, true. Whereas with Rossi, uh, Philip Morris owned him and owned Ferrari. Yeah. So you know that was uh, that was Marlboro money that put Rossi behind uh, mm. behind the wheel of Schumacher's car. Yeah. Back then, That's a and good point. various Ferraris up to 2010, which I think was was his last test. Um, whereas Honda, there's I mean there's a little bit of crossover between um, Marquez's uh, Marquez's team and Red Bull. I think there's Red Bull sponsorship in there somewhere. There's Red Bull sponsorship and obviously there's Honda as well. Yeah. Yeah, which is why he had it. was Toro Rosso, wasn't it? Was it Kvyat's car he had to go in? I think so, yeah. Around about the time everyone was about to replace Kvyat for the first time. I, th I think. Ah. Sean, I, th I think you were, you were on the list somewhere at one point. You've probably. Got, you've, probably. You've, you've got racing trophies. <laughs> we, can, we can see them from here. <laughs> you know, you have, you have won races. Only on ovals, but yeah. better than nothing. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, I think because um, Honda aren't currently as dominant as they have been. Um, what's the point of taking away success from MotoGP? And well, maybe he'll maybe he'll get sixth in F1. It's it's not the big story, is it? With Rossi, it was going to be 
you know, he was he was looking good enough to possibly challenge for podiums within his first season if he, if he went in. And with the backing from Philip Morris, which is probably worth more money than Honda. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I mean, can, can you think of it? John Surtees did it, didn't he? He did... Um, yes. He uh, two wheels and four wheels world championships. Um, but and Damon Damon Hill was uh, Damon Hill dabbled in, in motorcycles before deciding that uh, actually cars was probably what he was better at. And then uh, Michael yeah. Schumacher went went to was it was it motorcycles after he f- retired the first time. Afterwards, yeah, because it was a. It was a motorbike accident when he was racing that stopped him replacing Massa after his um, oh, after yeah. his injury, because it, um, Schumacher put put his shoulder out mm. in a bike race. I think something. I al- think that was bullshit. That something you know, else the, has just uh, occurred to me about the Rossi thing, though, with uh, with it being Philip Morris that was behind it. Who was head of sponsorship, publicity, and advertising for Philip Morris worldwide during the period around about uh, two thousand and four to two thousand and ten? That would get as Maurizio much publicity. Arriva Bene. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Arriva Bene. The whole been... the whole Rossi to Ferrari thing was one of Arriva Bene's schemes. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. The the Schumacher thing. I always thought that was nonsense. The the shoulder injury. I I I sort of thought to myself that uh, Ross Braun had had a word in Schumacher's ear to say, "Look, that Ferrari is a fucking dog." Come back to that. Come back to that. You're going to look like an idiot. Come to Mercedes. To be fair, I'm not sure he really added much to the career by going to Mercedes. Oh, no, no he didn't. One but pole position in three years when he never even got to sit on that pole position. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I, I have thought after... Um, oh, he got a podium like, as well. Yeah, but after the fact... I bet on him to get Schumacher. a podium. The time he got that podium, I bet on him and I won money. Nice. Well, nice. yeah. <laughs> do you not think his return is in is slightly different now when you looking back on it, when you consider that um, Lewis Hamilton and Ros, um, uh, Rosberg were going like were going sort of toe to toe for championships and race wins, because all of a sudden you realise just how good Rosberg was. Where when Schu- when Schumacher was getting beaten by Rosberg, it was a case of oh well he's getting beaten by Rosberg, so he's clearly lost it. Yeah. Um, but actually, Rosberg, I I think slowly in my head, I mean, I people are probably it's probably between Button and him. I think for most underestimated Formula One world champion of all times. Probably more Rosberg than Button because Rosberg seems to have been like completely forgotten already as a world champion. Yeah, he does his best to hang around the uh, the paddock in that, doesn't he? But he's he's one of those one of those world champions. I I don't want to say he lost respect for when he when he retired after his one championship, but it would have been good to see him tr- at least try to defend it. Um, yeah, you know, just 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 for that one year. Um, yeah, and if he if he couldn't, then fine, he couldn't. But but yeah, it's it's a strange one because I do understand retiring after winning a world championship, but at the same time, come on, just 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 stick around and see if you can. I mean, Alan Prost did it, didn't he? He won his world championship in '93. Mansell did it the year before in '92. Just like just stick around for a year, just one more year. You're you're going to be the champion for the whole of that year. You may as well come back and do it. 
Yeah, but I think... I it, mean, I even think, if... I think, I think in Mansell's case, it's, it's different, though, because um, he'd been told mid-season that it didn't matter. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't coming back to Williams. So he just made the first decent deal that he could, which was with IndyCar. With but, the, but yeah, by, by mid-season 92, he was basically champion anyway. I think he won it in Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, and Alan Prost said he was only com- he was only coming back for that one season in 93 anyway, and he he was um, he was going. That, yeah. That was gonna that was gonna be his last season, and that was before the start of it because don't forget he had 92 off. Yeah, for being fired. Yes. Well, he had the last bit of 91 and 92 off. Yes. Whilst being paid lots of money not to drive the Ferrari and preferably not to talk about how much of a tractor it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that was the actual quote that, uh, that got him binned. He said it, it drives like a tractor. Sure, sure, I've read that. Somebody will probably correct me. But that's, that's the one I remember anyway. So that's, that's an instantly dismissible offence, but not it's an F2 engine. Apparently not. Okay, good to know. Did anyone see the uh, the question and answer session with Martin Brundle that he did on Twitter? Um, I think it was early last week, just after we did the podcast last week's. I did not see it. One of the questions was: Is there ever a drive that you were lined up for that you didn't that you didn't get picked for? And Martin Brundle's response was: Yes, I was in line for the Williams drive in '93. Don't know why no, I, I didn't. remember that. I don't know why I didn't get it, but Damon did all right with it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was nice. You know, fair fair play. Obviously, you know, some some you win, some you lose. But don't forget Martin Brundle replaced Ayrton Senna at McLaren. I I think Martin's one of those unlucky drivers, isn't he? I think he had all the tools in his basket to be a world champion, but just never the opportunity to do it. Yeah, he would have been a world champion in that Williams. Um, you know, the Damon Hill eventually eventually got there in '96. At some point, Martin Brundle between '93 and '96 would not not only have won races, but would have would have challenged and probably won a world championship. Yeah, probably. I think he still holds. I was going to say, I think he still holds the record for most amount of laps led without ever winning a race. <laughs> I was say you could say That's something ridiculous. quite similar about Hulkenberg, possibly, because he allegedly had this contract with Ferrari that never was, and has yeah. not quite found himself in the right team at the right time. No, no, it happens. It, it does happen. It happens to a lot of drivers. It's what I think a lot of people's worry is at the moment about Daniel Ricciardo. Um, if he if he's in the wrong team at the wrong time, and all these these you know he's he's not one of the youngest anymore. He's in his thirties nope. now. So if you know a younger, better driver comes through and they're showing a bit more promise, and you know the, the pace is there, you know, why would you stick around with a driver who's thirty one when you've got a twenty year old super kid coming up and through, who you know who's not going to want twenty million dollars a year. He's got all the hallmarks of a Felipe Massa at the minute, hasn't he? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's a shame. Really like Danny he, Ricciardo, really want him to do well, but no. Yeah, I mean, if he's got nowhere else to go, for instance, let's say, because I, I think he would be able to find somewhere else to go if he didn't want to stay at Renault, but let's for the, for the uh, sake of this analogy, we'll just say he's got nowhere else to go. Ocon does really, really well. Um, the French team is going to number one Ocon, isn't it? Oh, so he, totally. he could very well find himself in this number two role if he can't get on top of Ocon. I think you probably will be able to get on top of Ocon, to be fair. But um, you could see how 
you could see how that could go the other way for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's average chance. I mean, we, we've we've been saying since probably the middle of last season. Um, it's looking um, it's looking a little bit iffy for Ricardo because he's he's made he's made the wrong move, and he's done. Well, we don't know that he's made the wrong move. The thing is, it doesn't look like a great move at this moment in time. It looks like it looks like he's he's taken a step backwards, thinking he's going to be going forwards, and it hasn't. That hasn't worked. Um, I still think he's using Renault as a bit of a stepping stone um, in that you know, he's he's thinking ahead of, of like maybe even 2021 um, or when, you know when that happens now literally in 2022 um, called it he's <laughs> yeah, he's thinking. He, he's thinking for that. You know, can I can I get a, can I get a foot in the door? Ferrari maybe replacing Seb. What about Valtteri at Mercedes? And you know, if George Russell's does has a bad season, you know, he's going to be on most people's radars. Although I think, like what uh, Sean was saying last week, um, well, I think it was Sean that said it. Carlos Sainz is going to be a good shout now for like the other driver who 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 needs um, an opportunity in a really big team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly. Sorry, I'm just working on a spreadsheet here at the minute. <laughs> oh, God. I trust yeah. you to work on a bloody spreadsheet mid-podcast. It's the nearest <laughs> thing we have to sport. It's Formula Lee. Of course it is, yeah. Paul's podcast, love. Here's, here's something. Um, when we look at the rules of 2022 now, being the like, the big rejig, this means the any like slight hope of a Fernando Alonso return must be gone, mustn't it? Totally. I, I had never considered there was a hope, so I hadn't really thought about it. Shh, Lee still believes. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think that. I think he'd have to to keep his stock high enough to warrant teams wanting him for another race. I think he'd have to win Indy if it happens. If Indy happens, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was doing but, an Instagram live with Tony Kanaan earlier. He's been doing loads of them. There was a really good one with him and uh, uh, Barrichello the other day. Oh, missed that. But um, there's there's a thing. When is the Indy going to happen this year? Because I can't I can't see it happening at the end of May. No. And if it gets delayed, is Alonso still going to do it, or is it going to be throwing him into his preparations for next season, whatever they may be? That well, must be well, I mean, his main see, thing, surely. Is it, is it his main thing now, though? Because if, if essentially what I think is going to happen, if that happens where the... Uh, it's it's going to be all right to, like, the, like, countries like Great Britain, hopefully... Like flattening the curve for, for one of better words, and starting to get the infection under um, under control. But by the time that happens, it's going to be getting the infection under control, and then waiting for the infection, like to, to the cases to drop. Which I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to take. And it the, the whole this virus seems like it's going to be. Um, it's going to take us find it like getting a vaccine available to really get on top of it for where we can get the world running properly again. Yeah. Uh, so that to me says that the, what we've got for racing probably 
is these cars this year ran next year. That that seems to be the only way I can see Formula well, they've One already, starting again. Yeah, they've they've already said that they're going to run next these these years car this year's cars next year. And so there's not going to be. Do it? I I don't think he ju- I don't think he would want to come back to Formula One until the reshuffle happens with the new formula. No, and I think he's you think he's missed the boat on that now. It was looking unlikely anyway, but I think it's it's now it's gone. Yeah, I think I think so. But uh, I I still I thought that there might have been an opportunity there with Austin Martin, especially if the rumours are, uh, are true that. Um, Toto Wolf's rumored to be going to Austin Martin. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm 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 skeptical about um, Toto going for starters because if Mercedes do pull out, he's going to take over that team. I think so. I think it will become, as you say, Wolf Mercedes or or something along those lines. Yeah, well, Monster Wolf Patronus or something like that. Yeah. That really does sound like something from Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. But let's not forget here, in the the world where privateer teams are struggling and it's, it's the land of the manufacturers... To take Mercedes, the operating costs of Mercedes on as an independent, to me, is if... I mean, if that goes wrong, that's financial suicide. And I I don't think Toto Wolff would do that. I think he might. I think he probably would. He's not not short of a bit, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's worth worth a fair bit. And there's going to be other backing in there behind him. I mean, um, you know, Lawrence Stroll didn't buy Racing Point on his own. That was with a consortium that he was heading up, so it's not all his money. Um, He was the figurehead because he was already known within F1 circles as um, somebody who had put a large amount of money into Williams. So he had a little bit of, for want of a better word, paddock clout. Now, Toto Wolff has got a lot more than that, and it's going to be e- easier for him. Um, all right, we're talking relative now with the current economic climate or whatever the economic climate's going to be after, uh, after this. But yeah. it's, going to be, it's going to be a less arduous task for him to get uh, backing and other investors than it would have been for Lawrence Stroll. Because it, it'll be, it might be, but don't forget when you're talking about Braun and you're talking about Racing Point, that's two teams that were on the point of collapse. So, the, so the actual buying of the company, especially for Racing Point, it it wasn't the expense it would be. Like to to buy Mercedes, you're not buying a team that would just fall out of Formula One like Braun would have done, or one which was wasn't just on the verge of bankruptcy, was bankrupt. I mean, don't, don't forget, um, what, don't forget what happened with Braun. Um, Honda made it easy for it to be taken over in a management buyout. Yeah. If Mercedes or Daimler, as the parent company, are pulling out of F1 and want to want to get rid of the team, they would probably do something very similar. Uh, no, but look what you're buying. No, but but look what you're buying. When you uh, when Braun bought a Honda, um, it was like it was after the fucking Earth car. 
they were the worst car on the grid. You know, Honda, Honda were limping away from Formula One, licking their wounds. Buying Mercedes, you're buying the car which has been dominant for a whole like generation of Formula One cars. It's a it's a completely different thing, and it would cost a fucking fortune. Even just thinking about the um, like um, the facilities, the facilities and personnel and stuff like that. You know, it's I I I just I can't see anyone that isn't a already massive entity like another another team coming in and buying Mercedes. I don't, I don't know what other team would be willing to do, which is why I think it will end up. Um, it will end up with Toto's name over the door. Maybe, maybe, but uh, it just it just seems it, it seems a little bit um, like if, if the fact we had it happen with Braun, and that was such a freak thing. I I'll be surprised if we see it happen again with Mercedes. I mean that that team got passed from passed from pillar to post from 1998 onwards. You know there was mm-hmm. there was there was ten years of absolute chaos with the with the Brackley team. Yeah, BAR Honda. I mean, you know it. But, you know it. Well, ra- none, it, none it of ran that under, matters. It ran under the name of Tyrrell for a year, even though Craig Pollock actually owned it. With yeah, with no British none, American tobacco money in there. Yeah, no, but none of that matters because it's not. British Americans back are your your um you're buying you're buying the most dominant team Formula One has ever seen. And it just it's it, to me, I mean don't forget it's it, if you when you work for someone, you ve- you very rarely have somebody that works for an entity that ga- that garners the the clout and the financial power that your bosses do. Yeah, but so if they're going to take over, if they're going to have like a like an engine supplier role, if they, if, if it's the whole team, if they if yeah, they're leaving, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's going to be the de facto Mercedes team. It's just not going to be called Mercedes, but the car's still going to be mostly silver, like the old the old old McLarens were. The car's going to be mostly silver, and you know, it's Mercedes top brass is still going to be in the garage because you are the you know the, the main Mercedes team in Formula One. Then. In that respect, I can kind of see, um, you know, obviously Mercedes trust Toto Wolf. I can kind of see why they would allow like a like a transition, uh, smooth transition period. There we go. There's some words we haven't heard over the last few years. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's already a fairly massive shareholder in it anyway. So you're saying, you know, the boss, the you know, the bosses don't have the clout that an employee has. Well, he is one of the bosses. Yeah, that's that's fair point. Fair you know, point. he um, he sit he sits around that big table, fairly close to the top. Even as a but, boss boss of uh, Mercedes, he uh, he um, still owned Williams. Well, a, a big chunk of Williams for a while, mm-hmm. but he had he had to sell it because of the um, conflict and interest. Especially after I think it was after Susie left um, the Williams fold, she, he decided now there's a conflict of interest here. I need to get rid of my chunk of that team. Because he was on the board at Williams. Yeah, so I mean, don't don't forget this. This isn't just a normal management buyout. This this isn't you know Fred from the warehouse putting in twenty five quid for his few shares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we're, 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 we're talking we're talking a whole different level here. I I still for me it still seems a more sensible option for Toto Wolf that if he wants to stay in Formula One 
to go to a team which is well funded that he could he could mold and turn into something else. I've just googled Toto Wolf, and it says here the uh, the is a uh, Wikipedia entry on the side there of the Google search page. Uh, Torger Christian Toto Wolf is an Austrian investor and former racing driver. So it says he's an investor first before it says he's a former racing driver. Mm-hmm. He holds a thirty percent share in Mercedes AMG Petronas Motorsport wow. oh, right, okay. team. <laughs> That's interesting. So he own, he already owns a third of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's when, crazy. I, when I said he has a bit in the bank, I think it's like it, it's probably nearer to a billion than million. It's the he, is, well. he has the money. How much is Toto Wolf worth? Is one of these people also ask questions on Google? And not to be be too derogatory about Toto Wolf here, and be too personal about him. Toto Wolf's net worth is estimated to be around four hundred and fifty million dollars. That's not bad. That changes things slightly then. Also, the racing point point rumours have come from something very woolly that Bernie said in an interview. Which is always an interesting source. Now, if it had been Eddie Jordan, you might have taken it with less of a pinch of salt. Yes. (laughs) But as we know, the only thing... Because as we know, the only thing woolly about Eddie Jordan is that thing that sits on top of his head. Hmm. All three of them. All three of them. <laughs> All three of them. They, I've just had it cut. This is the normal length. I need a haircut. Yes. <laughs> to put it in perspective, though, uh, the uh, operating costs for Mercedes in 20, 2017 were Total Wolf's net worth. Right. Yeah, that's no. the operating cost. But uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what, was, uh, what was their overall income during that period? I don't know. See, that's always something that's always confused me. I've always wondered exactly how much money Formula One teams make. And that's the thing. Because of, because of the Concord Agreement, it is a closely guarded secret. Yeah. Regardless. I've always wondered. I've, I've always thought that um, your manufacturers, it's almost like a, um, we break even. But what 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 our profit is is exposure of our brand. Mm, yeah, Apparently, we... in two thousand and nineteen, they had an operational profit of twenty two million. So, if outgoings were four hundred and fifty, then that would presumably mean incomings were four hundred and seventy two. Mm. So, it's profitable, but it's it's what it's going to be one of those where it's probably not profitable enough for the big company because it's more of a pain in the ass to do the accounts for. But the thing is, if that say, it's just say that say that's your operating cost, yeah, and then Total Wolf takes the team over, for it not to be a disaster, he has to just carry on like Mercedes is going. If he does that, and I don't know, does a Red Bull, for instance, where the, the rules change and they're desperately trying to get themselves back up into championship contention, yeah, that would be a massive failure. Yeah, but this is why I'm saying it wouldn't be him going in on his own. It would be him, oh, no, no. him heading up a consortium. You know, it's yeah, it's, I, it's spreading. I know what it's, you mean. It's, it's it's spreading the risk out. We don't even know how many investors are involved in the Racing Point one. It could be that no. um, Lawrence Stroll has only put five um, percent of the entire money in, and he's got seven hundred people behind him that put half a percent in each or something. I know, I, I know that. I know that doesn't work out. But <laughs> there was, yeah. there was a figure. There was a figure, though, wasn't it? And it was hundreds of millions that Lawrence had put in. 
there was a figure for it, wasn't there? Um, yeah, but I think that that was written in sort of, sort of business terms where it was future write-downs, loans, acquisition notes, uh, yeah. ver- various financial instruments. The, the amount of um, actual pounds and pence that changed hands was slightly off the mark. This is becoming a business podcast yeah, now. But that, but, is, absolutely. But in my limited experience, that's how business works. That yeah, man. no, I, look, I, I'm, and I'm sure there's a chance that Toto Wolf could take over Mercedes and, and carry on being the boss of it under a different name. But I'm just saying, I think from a business standpoint, that whatever would be the less risk for you would be the be- better move. And if he could... If he could wrap it up where they did a, a Ross Braun a team job for a racing point where him and Allison and who another couple of key members went to racing point, that would to, to me would seem like the more likely thing that's going to happen is another team snapping them up. Yeah. If you go for a gap that isn't there, you're not a racing driver. If you go for an investment that isn't there, you're not a businessman. That's, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Probably time to move on to... Um... But that famous quote by Ayrton Tenner. <laughs> yeah. Ed <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Ayrton> Branson. <laughs> <laughs> time to move on, I reckon, to um, Rob Curran, who emailed us this week's favourite part of the podcast. Lee, get your iPad out. It's shunt time. Uh-oh. Oh, shunting time already. Well, we've been do- we've been doing this an hour, and we've managed to squeeze squeeze some Formula One in between all the other bits. <laughs> well, no, we, what we did was squeeze a lot of conjecture in, which is what we do best. Hey, welcome to the uh, off- welcome to the off season. Oh yes. <laughs> right, this one's from is it Cam Hutton? Hutton is it? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, we, um, we, we, yeah. We had um, stuff from Cam Hutton before. Fat Perlow on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, he was the first one I came to. There we are. That's why I'm using his. Great preparation. Um, great preparation. Are we ready to go? Yes. I don't see I why think not. So yeah. I can't. I can't close the laptops. One of them's recording, and um, one of them's handling the Skype conversation. And you'll it's just okay. have to believe me that my emails are open on my screen. And I have that's... pushed my mobile telephones away from me, so I am good. The world, the world has more problems right now than somebody Google an answer, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was born. Yay. 16th of October. Okay. No right. year. Right. That's precise. No year. Odd, oddly specific, but not specific enough. Okay. Well, my be- we'll see. My best performance in my home race was 18th. Right. Okay. Possibly thinking somebody Japanese here. I have 42 Formula One starts. Is, oh, is this Leclerc? Charles Leclerc. It's Leclerc. Yeah, I think so. Because he's, he's like a couple of weeks older than Verstappen, isn't he? And Verstappen's birthday is around Halloween. So um, Verstappen, mega fan. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also uh, famously had a terrible Monaco Grand Prix in Ferrari. And, of course, the other one would have been when he was driving for Salba Alfa Romeo. Yes, and it was or, um, six, 16th, did you, did you say? 16th of October. His race number is 16, isn't it? It is. Right, solved. <laughs> might as well I go think, on with the next one. I'm, 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 yeah. wait, I'm just waiting to see if there's a twist. Yeah, there might be a twist, but let, let, but I think I think as a solid first guess, Charles Leclerc is 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 the one. 
I am the fourth person from my country to race in Formula One. It's yeah. still looking like it's Charles still Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. In my last championship uh, championship victory, I had... Well, hang on. <laughs> read the question first and then read it out loud. No, no, no. no it's, it's more it's, fun this I'll, way. I'll, 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 I'll read it as it's written and you'll see my confusion. In my last championship victory, I had seven wins. In my last... Okay. Okay, so he won seven races in F2 the year he yeah. won the title. Ah... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can see you can see it's, how this it's, stats it's maybe not the way I personally would have worded that sentence. Lee's, Lee's either just got what that means or he's having a really nice cup of tea. <laughs> Could be both. Possibly. I love podcasts and I get really excited. My father <laughs> is a Formula Formula Three driver. Yep. Yeah, still sounding like Charles Leclerc to me. Do you like that? to guess Charles Leclerc for your I second think we will go stick and break on rules? Yes. Let, let's, uh, yes. I uh, I have one of my best wins in F2 GP2 history. One of the best wins, sorry. Didn't he? He had a couple of like ridiculous ones, didn't he? One of the, um... there was one. Was it not? Did he start near the back of the grid? The one that he won just after his dad had died. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Baku. Was, I think it was Baku, wasn't it? Yeah. I drove my first cart age three. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about, about right. right. Straight out of nappies into a cart. It's the way I to do it. I won the GP, GP3, GP2, F2 uh, championships on my first try. Yep. Yep. Lee named me his, so, uh, his son after my... Uh, Lee named his son after my brother. His brother yes. is Arthur Leclerc. Oh, is there? I didn't know his name was Arthur Leclerc. He is Arthur Leclerc in Italian F4 this year? I think he is, yeah. Spaffer is, I am Lee's favourite driver. <laughs> <laughs> and Ukiyo, we all know... Ukio Katayama. <laughs> and we all know that if Dan was here, he'd be absolutely fuming at this. <laughs> <laughs> he can't stand him. <laughs> Um, thank you, thank you for that, Cam. Um, sorry to say, we kind of got that a little bit quick. That was that, that was that was Sean Kelly levels of getting it. Unfortunately, it wasn't Sean Kelly levels of difficult. And no, no. To be fair, I mean, you've got that on his birthday being the sixteenth of October, uh, his best performance being eighteenth, and forty-one Formula One starts. That could have quite easily been like a shit two-season Formula One driver from like the 80s. So I think you still did quite well there. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> Thank you. We'll take that's, that. That's, yeah. not, that's not tea you're drinking, is it? You're giving out praise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, Lee, do you want to stay on lockdown for a bit longer? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, avoiding, avoiding the, he'll be avoiding the nutters on the internet next. In these no. trying times, in these trying times, it's time to be nice to people. Which isn't always easy. No, it's not always easy. I was, was going to go, go with the first time for everything. Um, right, Formula, Formula Lee. Um, just a quick one. We finally got the season started with a wet race in Australia. Um, Ooh, just, just, just quickly, before we do Formula Lee, because I know some people might not listen to this if they're not involved in it, I just wanted to quickly say, because we're... 
um because things are fucking rubbish at the minute and people are trapped in houses i'm doing uh listener podcasts on must see audio so if you're interested in talking to me on a podcast get in touch with me on twitter at a total shunt or on instagram at a total shunt and tell me how things are wherever you are in the world i just thought it'd be something nice for people to do and if, fun. Yeah. And, if, and if you need the number of a good lawyer for afterwards <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, that sounds like a nice that way does, to bring all sound, the people together. That that does sound good. I think we we should start doing um, we should start doing call in shows at some point. Just to, just yes. to get in touch with people. I know people have been emailing us quite a lot, um, and I'm crap at crap at replying. But thank thank you for all your emails and um, tweets and messages. Um, it's good. It's good to know that you're still all right. You still you know there are still people out there. And um, if you're struggling. Send fire one of us a message. We're personable people. Yeah, well, most most of us are in the house all day, you know, and we've got a real community going on. We're on you know on Facebook and Twitter and that, you know, all the listeners all talk to each other and things. So, you know, if you're fairly new to this and you know you're not involved in any in crowd, or even if you're not, you know, if you're having a tough time, you know, we're all around for each other. Yeah, so give, give us get a in touch. Get in touch with the show on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all at Three Legs Four Wheels. Um, individually, I am at Pablo100. I'm at Sean Cowper. I'm at Flood21. I'm uh, at a total shunt. And we are basic, basically basically here to chat. And if you want to actually talk to somebody and hear a human voice, I'm sure we could set up Skype calls and uh, what have you. Absolutely. Um, of course we can. And I've also heard, I mean, it hasn't gone through human testing yet, but I've heard that if you sign up to the Patreon, you are 28% less likely to get coronavirus. But as I say, <laughs> not through clinical testing yet. It's just rumours I've heard. That's why none of the Red Bull boys are signed up. <laughs> that, that would explain it. Normally there's extra content on the Patreon page, but what's happening at the moment is our um, our patrons are getting the uh, one show a week that we do um, a couple of days early. It comes out on Monday nights, but then I'm just going to nip off and mix this in a minute. And you can get that by going to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels. And uh, there's a bit of a bit of a chat community going there as well. I'm looking into getting a Discord server set up. So there's going to be a chat room for people as well that's cool um i'm hoping to get that going this week so i'll um i'll announce that on on the socials and on next week's podcast if um if i get that set up it's just bizarrely i've not had the time um, even though you've got all the time well i'm joking you're working from home that's the thing like, that's like the thing that's the thing i'm working from home and um work have now decided that if you're in the office you're available to work and as the office is home you're available to work all the time yeah, but the uh, which is why I, I want to say is which is why I was playing with spreadsheets at ten o'clock Sunday morning. Yeah, but I just want to say as well, congratulations to Sean Kelly for being the most uh, qualified person to talk about Formula One to get a job in Walmart. <laughs> he's been um, he's been fairly active on Twitter about that. Uh, today's video was him. They said bring your credentials to work to sign in, so he brought a paddock pass, but it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> So you can um, you can follow Sean's adventures in Walmart um, on Twitter at Virtual Statman, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure when things are happier, he'll be back on the show. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, last week's was. Uh, I did see a couple of t- <laughs> tweets and comments saying, "No, you know, that was a bit depressing." Yeah, it was, but you know, it's. Uh, we were talking to somebody who's, you know, essentially lost, lost their job for now. Their job's suspended, much like mine is. I can't go to work. I can't work. I can't get paid. Um, you know, whilst all this is going on, because I need to speak to people. I need to go into their homes, and you know, but I can't do that. Um, responsibly at the moment so i'm not um and i just want to get you know a big round of applause to all those people who are um and have to and you know are what we call frontline workers um and even those who are you know not on the front line um but you know supporting frontline workers that in offices and things bravo to the lot of you mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. it's um don't want to sound too gushy but i've ne- never actually seen community spirit going on like there is these days People are being nicer to each other because people genuinely do need help. Yeah, absolutely. I think it feels like a, no, a reset almost is, is, is the wrong word for it. But um, I think things feel more like temporary now. You know, it's, it's, we, we just think that everything, everything can go on as normal. And we've seen that something can come up and actually shake the world and it not just be something that's happening on television thousands yeah. of miles away. And it's not that it's a person that you can get angry at or anything like that. It's something that no person, not one single person, has control over. So there's, there's you know, there's no one to complain. Um, there's, no one, there's no one to I, ask. I w- I would argue all China had to do to save the world was shut their borders and stop flights. Yeah, but then you've got other people who wouldn't have stopped flights, so... No, no, but instead of covering the the virus up for months and allowing travel in and out of the country during New Year, um, you know, it's the... It, there, there is people to blame, and I think the... I, I, I hope they will be held accountable after all this has passed. Yeah, but at the yeah, moment, not... at the moment, it's not time for blame. No. Oh, it, abs- it absolutely is time for blame. No, now, it isn't. now is the time. Yeah, absolutely is. No, it's, it's not. When things when things are going on is when people should blame, not no, you... after the fact. No, the the right thing to do right now is to make sure you and everyone around you is safe and well and have everything that they need. And when everybody is safe and we're all out of the out of the woods and in the clear, then then we can start looking for someone to blame. But until then, make sure everyone's fine. Oh, absolutely. But we don't need to look far. Maybe not. But priorities. Or hard. We may, maybe we need to look far, but we don't need to look hard. That's probably the word <laughs> should use. And thanks for sticking around with the podcast for this long, because, again, it's not really been a racing podcast. That is, nope. that is true. I'll just do Formula E quickly. It was um, a lap of Australia in the wet in a Ferrari. Um, I will post all the times on, uh, on the website. Um, just quickly, the top three were Alessandro Popolani in third, 135-343, Julian, Julian McMahonhard in second, 135-255, and Carl Toomey winning again, 134-483. Um, just want nice. to uh, props to Ed Forsyth, who um, spent two weeks trying to get a time and then realised he'd done it in the wrong car and then had to had one day to get his, uh, get his time in. And um, he finished 20... Fi- no, actually, he finished 11th. <laughs> Sorry, 10th. <laughs> 11th? No, 10th. 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 Okay. 
I was going to say he didn't. He didn't just Edstaban himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's points for the top twenty now. He's got to really be bad to be outside that, like I was. Um, yeah. Right. Next challenge is Bahrain, and it's going to be a dry race, and it's going to be in the 2004 Ferrari because we might as well shake it about a bit while uh, while the season isn't going on. Why not? So we might, you know, we might reset things when uh, when the season starts. But yeah, uh, two week challenge. You have got until I'm looking at a calendar and can't see. I think thirteenth is the it'll month it'll change day. month on it. So let's have a look. Yeah, I think it's mon- Monday the thirteenth in two weeks time. Might be. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah, two <laughs> weeks. It is. It is Monday the thirteenth, seven o'clock UK time. Uh, get your times in either on um, if you're on PlayStation, send me a friend request to Pabstar with your real name. And I can get the times from there, or uh, send them in a private message on Facebook and Twitter, or email threelegsballwheels at gmail.com. I can confirm it will be the 13th. I'm glad about that. I'm looking at the calendar and trying to do maths on the fly. It's not easy. Which is Easter Monday. Oh, it, it is. It is. Um... I'm not that it matters because we're all going to be sat at home anyway. But if any, <laughs> no. but if anyone's delivering Easter eggs, it'll make things slightly better. There is that. So. As we're, as we're all stuck at home, if we get Easter eggs, can we start eating them early? Why not? Because normally you don't get to open your Easter eggs until Easter Sunday. That's what my, that's what my mum used to tell me. But I reckon be rebellious. And we'll start eating them early this year. Do, do what you want. What are, what are days now anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but we'll all being well. We'll be back in seven of them. Yes. Hopefully. thank you for listening to us thank you for sticking with us and uh, for god's sake stay safe we'll see you next week all the best we'll see you next week bye bye